0: Hey there, bad girl, looking for something else Hey there, bad boy, looking for something else Coming to the lounge, coming to the wiki Come and stick around, come and tell the to me Bobcast Come in the Bobcast Bobcast come
1: in the good evening ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of robcast with you as always is rob live in the lounge staring at the ouija board you know there's no other better name for a show than the rob and bob show or the bob and rob show i don't know but i was thinking like to myself there's never been like a sitcom about like two guys with the same names but like you know like Two different personalities, right? But Bob and Rob, you know what I mean? Like we, we're daunted with the choice. Who do we become? Some could become a bass player. Some become drummers, right? Some do it all. Some sing, play drums, do everything at once.
0: Some of us can't. Uh, I, what's that, Rob? Some of us can't do any of it.
1: <laughs> some people can't, but they try, though. It's true. But I, I met uh, tonight's guest, I guess, a couple years ago. And he's an amazing drummer. What I love about him so much is that he's got great tone tone. I sat and watched him, uh, I guess it was like a week ago, two weeks ago, play outside. And it was lovely because he played with various different acts throughout the day. Nice pocket and inventive with some of like your, you know, your courses. Like, you know, I know some of the songs were covers, but some were original. Very nice work. Um, we also went into this, this, this great chat. And I want to start things off tonight by continuing that chat because it's appropriate for the musicians who are listening right now. And it goes into the age old age old debate of whether or not you should be wearing shorts on stage. And Rob, you were wearing jeans, if I'm not mistaken, that day. And it was like 90 degrees out.
0: Yeah, I got conned. Um, I wore shorts to the gig and um, normally I'm very anti short, but it was 95 and the humidity was off the charts. And, you know, you think, you know, I'm behind the kid. No one's going to see it. It's hot. It's forgiving. And then another drummer who shall re- rename nameless. And he's a friend of mine came up to me and said, I said to him, he's, I'm like, he's like, I'm like, uh, man, you're ballsy for wearing jeans today. He's like, you're ballsy for wearing shorts. And I, I looked down. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> I look like crap. Uh-huh. Oh, I got to put jeans on real quick. And I'll tell you what, I was swimming uh, before the end of that first set with, uh, I was playing with John Gilbride. Yeah. And- Let's just say those jeans did not make it to the next gig.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we went into this, uh, like, you know, it, it, like debate, like whether or not, like if it's cool or not. And like some musicians, they, they live or die by it. You know, it's like, no, got to wear pants. It could, it could be like like 112 degrees in like Arizona and they, they wouldn't budge on the jeans. But I mean, some of the greats yeah. did wear shorts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. especially let's- with the drums, let's be honest, Rob, with the drums and for people who don't play the drums you have to understand that it's constantly like you're constantly trying to mimic what you do at your practice spot, right? Show up somewhere, you set up your gear. It's a lot different than just plugging in a bass guitar, right? You know, because the sound is different, right? You have to anticipate different things, different changes of all the places you've played. What would you say was the most difficult setup?
0: Uh, in general, or with temperature, in terms of like the 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 gene debate,
1: I'll go for both on that one, Rob, uh, on the Bob and Rob show.
0: Gene debate. Uh, we Hambone Relay, which is a group uh, organ trio that I play with. Um, we played a festival in Virginia called Front Porch Festival, and we drive in. It's down in this valley, right, and. I've never been to this part of Virginia. It's called Stewart, Virginia. We get there and we just pop out the door and the humidity just slaps you in the face. Ugh. And so bad that you, you got out of the or the car and you just instantly start sweating. And you know, when you're playing drums, you are moving. And with this trio, I am doing more of a, a rock thing than a, than like a jazz organ trio thing. So I'm hitting a lot harder. And so we get out of the, the car and I'm like, Oh no. So eventually we, we set up, we move all our stuff, which is a whole other discussion um, for this festival set. And we, I sit down and it, we're about to t- do the hit. I'm like, it's too hot. I have to take my shirt off. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like two fifteen 15 to 20. I'm a little heavier. And I, t- and I'm like, I have to do it. It's too hot. I take my shirt, shirt off and I'm pretty sure I, Took off my jeans and put on like these short shorts that almost could have been swimming trunks, and uh, I had to do the set that way. I was very very punk for that show. <laughs> it was. It was really- yeah, I, I think that it's it.
1: It's just as long as you play well. It really doesn't matter. That's my opinion. It's always been my opinion. But if you can make. It's more appropriate for the drummer to be wearing shorts, okay? Especially if you're a fan of that said band, you want your drummer to be wearing shorts. And why is that, Rob? Because of the comfort level.
0: Exactly. You want your drummer to be comfortable. And if if he's not, then you're going to (laughs)
1: have We really came on to something here right away within the first 10 minutes of this podcast. We want your drummer to have shorts because, let's face it, if they're wearing pants up there, it could be stiff. It could be very stiff.
0: You got like plate. What do they call it in the front of your uh, like nice jet dress pants like uh, pleats? Pleats. Yeah, you got like pleats. You're keeping your drummer's time nice and tight, but like it's.
1: Too- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, like imagine what it was like during like the late thousands when everyone was like, it's dark. We're wearing black jeans that stick to ourselves. Like remember the tight, tight pants were just like, remember- you couldn't imagine how somebody
0: got into them still around what about these people wearing leather pants still i don't understand how this is still a thing especially drummers it like you probably have to- <laughs> <laughs> just a to get in and then another another whole bottle just to like make sure that you don't die of dehydration from the the waist down yeah. i don't understand. and then you know we have to go to the opposite side which is like guitarists that wear like running shorts you know yeah. want everybody to be comfortable but if the- yeah
1: you, I- you don't want that yeah you don't want that you want to at least to be Above the knee, you know what I mean. You don't want the running shorts. I unless wait, who wore running shorts?
0: It was um. Name uh, from uh, uh the Grateful Dead. Uh, Bob Weir.
1: Yeah, that's right. Bob. Bob was just like I'm. I'm trying to be comfortable. See, once again, people's favorite band. Dude's barely wearing anything up there. You know, he's
0: practically naked up there playing. Was to be fair, back then he was the hottie of the group. He was the best looking guy out of anyone in the Grateful Dead. So if anyone could pull it off, it would be him. And I also heard a crazy story. He used to keep his shorts in a, um, a uh, what do you call it? Like in, in a bunch of ice, in like a cooler. So that when he went wow. on. Oh, that's genius. On, and then he'd be nice and cool for the whole set. and Just like ingenious, but still questionable. That's a lot of thought for the whole festival.
1: We, we talked. I mean, like towards the end of my, my musical career, I was definitely was, you know, bringing change of underwear. Like, because in the time... Like I remember just this one specific evening, it was at the world cafe live after the show and it was upstairs and you're mingling with all your friends at the bar. You're, okay. But you're just soaked from like the waist down and it's just so uncomfortable.
0: Oh, it's the worst. And then, you know, on top of that, and you, you and I did mention this before in this other conversation that no one will ever be able to hear, but like uh, venues that have showers in the green room, that should be mandatory. I think, you know because if you're like a bass player or even a band let's say like a punk band or like a rock band that actually jumps around the stage and you know not shoes shoe yeah. like, you want to shower before you meet your fans or like even just to mingle it's gonna be yeah like smelling room if your guys are all smelly and stuff
1: unless you're wearing jeans that are so tight you can't take them off
0: well then you know <laughs> sol i got nothing for you but i mean <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean like you know it, it's wild to think um like my mind's just like going off right now because I'm trying to think of all the drummer. I mean, like, I mean, Dave Grohl always wore shorts. In fact, he talks about it once in a documentary, just being like, "I can't drum with pants." And then, I think Bonham wore uh, shorts on stage, right? Definitely cut off jean shorts.
0: You know, that's but it, those guys are so badass. It can be cursed in this podcast.
1: Oh, you can say whatever you want on this. We don't, you know, you're in the free country of B O B right now and R O B
0: <laughs> here on.
1: What is this episode three hundred seven? I think yeah, three hundred seven.
0: Last episode ever. Um, but like, if there's one guy that could pull it off, well, there are a few guys. But like, I give Bonzo the clear. Like, you can yeah. definitely. You're hitting like that bass drum, like triplets and doubles, just like super he's hard,
1: crazy, crazy good, man. You know, crazy. and so eff- he's so crazy, crazy good in an effortlessly type way. The way like when you watch him play, maybe it's just the illusion of like him. Like he always would set up on the floor. Like he wouldn't be up on the big drum riser. You know, he'd like to be down with the band, you know? And something about that, you know what I mean? Like
0: I mean the aesthetic
1: the aesthetic of it. And also too the way that it I guess it would sound on stage. Like, you know, like for a band to really be good, it has to sound good on stage. So I mean, at some point they must have made the decision, like we gotta keep John down on the floor, you know, can't put him up there, you know, like. It must have been a mess. You know what I mean? They were like, well, you know, they're probably, because I, if I, if I'm correct, that Madison Square Garden documentary, they, John's on the floor.
0: Um, I don't have that fact in front of me. I, I think so. But I, my you know, assistant quit. Let me, let me, <laughs> my assistant didn't get that info. Um, but I, you know what? I could see that because like those guys, those old school ro- rock heads, like mm-hmm. wanted to feel the drums like next to them you know when you have those risers and you you know the band starts to like become further and further away you lose that energy that you would get next to each other you know that's why intimate shows are way better because you can feel everyone and everyone playing like for example you play bass when when i can feel the actual amplifier of the bass player like uh shaking my seat i play better
1: yeah you know it's it's so true right like why is it that like you it's such a weird thing that a human needs another human to sound better because I agree with that 100%. Like as soon as somebody clicks, you you automatically can also do things that you couldn't on your own as far as rhythmic patterns and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like the natural. Plus, it's just chemistry, really.
0: Well, I mean, you, exactly. And it, it, it can be translated into a dialogue, like like a conversation. Like, you, let's say you bring up Bonzo. I would have never thought to bring up Bonzo, but that makes me remember different things. Same thing with a musical conversation. Like you could bring up a rhythm that I was not even thinking about in my vocabulary. Then all of a sudden you're on a freight train to somewhere else, you know, it's mm-hmm. the same aesthetic.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the same aesthetic. Um, what's your favorite, uh, rhythmatic timing?
0: My favorite rhythmic timing.
1: You can give me an odd one if you'd like.
0: Um, this is going to sound super like, like a sellout answer, but I just want something to feel good. I I don't Mm -hmm. I don't need a five over four three over four anything I mean they're they're all fun in like whatever application but if it feels good it doesn't matter but I mean do you have a better answer than what I just gave
1: No no I I I just came up with that question off the cuff and like as I said I was like yeah it's definitely it's also it's like it's so strange too because it's like you know what I'm saying like with like like moving your gear from the practice spot to the to the gig you know at the gig that that's the part like also too like as a drummer too it's like most of the places like you know you play as you're coming up you don't really get to use your kit (laughs) it's like saying like somebody look we're gonna go cross country but you can't use your car you gotta use mine you know what I mean like it is a feat right like I mean like I remember the beginning of like my musical career like 20 years ago just being like what dude we gotta we gotta use this piece of shit on stage and as a bass player I also had to encounter that quite a few times uh i played out of like a 90 watt amp one time to like sold out room like thank god the pa guy was good but what's your horror story Like, was there ever a moment where you like walked into a club like how am i gonna do this break a kick drum
0: i've had a few i've had uh one time actually this is (laughs) kind of recent it was my fault uh we'll get back to the backline stuff but um first gig back after the coronavirus and covid i show up to um a club with a John Gilbride, and I realized I'd forgotten to pack my snare stand. So
1: Ooh.
0: I took this chair and I put it right between my legs and put the snare right on top. And I put my phone and my wallet on either side just to make sure that like the snare could uh, wow. resonate. And it, it kind of worked. And then somebody made a joke like, you know, you should get like Ikea to sponsor you, like be like a sponsor for you when you tour. And I was like, that's brilliant. So I started like putting Ikea in these little Instagram stories, like sponsor me, Ikea. You, could, I could have your chair right here. Between- I, I, I remember this. I remember this. Brilliant. And just like tr- trying to get them to respond to me or something. Um, you know, they're a big company. I don't give a crap about a f- drummer from Philadelphia, but I mean, that's probably the most. It's happened least-
1: before. Isn't that the definition of viral though? Like when something goes viral, you know, like. They didn't have it before,
0: you know? Absolutely. But in in terms of the worst, I want to know yours because bass players have it almost as bad as drummers. And sometimes even worse depends on the place. But Mm. like the worst thing I've ever experienced was showing up to a club. The the, uh, beater head on the bass drum had a hole in it, like was taped (laughs) up and the snare was off of the snare drum. I can't remember where it was. I just remember laughing when I looked at it. And just, I guess I'm going to have to piecemeal this. That's the one thing that drummers learn how to become real fast is we yeah we usually have our oh, oh shit box, which is just full of whatever I might or possibly need. I have like a, a little tackle box, you know, those fisherman tackle boxes. Mm-hmm. I, t- I travel with one whenever I know I'm i I'm half back line because you don't know what you're going to want. Don't know. It has, it has everything in there, but um, that's probably the worst. But what's your worst amp that you've walked into? Uh
1: Uh, the worst situation ever was at the uh, at one point there was like I don't know what I guess there was the upstairs of Club Risque and there was like concerts up there in this room that was like a stage where girls would dance on stage you know and the the bass amp they had was like a pv from like 1979 you know what i mean like it was so bad the logo like the cool logo of pv was like chipped and like falling off and like i'm just like this is and then i plug it in and like as a bass player you know you want to have this fair balance of treble and bass you know what i mean like it's called the bass but you don't want it to sound you know like a paper thin razor blade you know what i mean you want to have some oomph that's what makes you dance you know and like this thing had none of that shit dude like it was so bad and I'm like, how am I gonna do this? You know, like it sounds. I was like, I was like, guys, like, why didn't I just bring my answer? Like, this is the backline, this is the backline. It's like,
0: like sound guys, like, you have to use the backline.
1: Okay. Yeah, the sound guys, like, you're you're here, good. Get ready to be punished because I hate myself because I can't be on stage, and now I'm gonna make your life miserable. So get ready for this awesome PV. So oh wait, the-
0: I I have a worse, I have a worse, I have a worse gig. Okay, not worse than yours, but worse than mine. Mm-hmm. I, there's this place called the M Room in uh, in Fishtown in Philly, and it, you know it was a really. It, sorry if anybody's listening. I think I M
1: played room. there. I think I played there.
0: It's a shithole, and it's it's like a, it's a <laughs> regular old bar now. But like the you'd walk into the restaurant, and you'd have to go all the way to the back, and then to around and like come back, and the stage would be like where the street side was. But to get there, you had to go all the way around the restaurant. And the drum kit there was like falling apart. The sound guy, this isn't fat chain, but he just couldn't do his job. Basically, we set up the stage for him because he couldn't get on the stage. He was so massive, and that's not saying that being fat is wrong. It's just he couldn't do his job, and it was hard because like we had yeah. his stage, and then we had to like fix all the gear and like the. And it was hot
1: too in there. Was it oh, hot?
0: It was brutal. The only thing that yeah, only- hotter <laughs> yeah I, I remember this place. Was, I remember. Uh, uh, uh have you been to Ortlieb's in the back room? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it gets, it's
1: that's hot. They're all very hot places.
0: It's a half capacity that that AC is not working. It's just, <laughs> I
1: know it's, it's so bad when you're sweating. Once again, we've tied it back into <laughs> showers at the club. Right. Um, but What was it? So yeah, there's just no, that feeling is just bad. And it's like, it's also too, indicative of like how you act when it does you know like when you had to play your snare drum on top of your you know (laughs) phones and shit you know i mean like that same amplifier that was giving me no bass no no oomph crapped out on the second song and the second song i i couldn't play i couldn't play the rest of the set there was no di there was none of that you know what i mean so, I like we ended the set a little early and I goofed off for two songs and just mimicked it, <laughs> like, you know, pretended I was in a music video. And I, I just, I felt so stupid, dude. So dumb. You I think like, about it. I think about it at least like once a month every now and then. I'm like, man, I was I thinking? Whatever,
0: you pulled it off. Who cares? Nobody noticed. I mean, to be honest, it, you couldn't what? have had a better situation at a strip club with these naked girls. Like, that's what they're looking at. They're not looking at you. No offense. <laughs> no, no, they were on stage with us. Which is even
1: more embarrassing because it was like, I'm the bass. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that. You know I mean? Like, when the bass drops out, like in a live concert, you notice it. You know, you, you might not notice if you're a casual fan of what the bass actually does, but when the bass drops out, it's it's alarming. Like, I got like dirty looks. And you know, that's the worst when you get a dirty look on stage. <laughs> Our old drummer used to throw us the dirtiest looks, man. Like, if we mess up like an easy one four five or something, he'd be like, oh, just staring us down, you know, just yeah. evil eyes
0: be fair we 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 have a hard and easy job at the same time not easy in the sense of feeling keeping a room moving but when it comes to chord progressions you have to always be on like you can't like zone out you can't yeah like scatter your brain it's weird right right because like you have to stay well obviously we're all staying focused but like it's another type of job to really be focused on like remembering where you are in the arrangement and sometimes i'll be frank you know, you're paying attention, you're playing drums, you're keeping the feel, but you can kind of, like, look around, see if everybody's good. Like, that's the one thing about drums, which is amazing, is, like, you're not the leader of the band all the time, but you are the captain of the ship, because, like, you're always looking around, like, to see what's going wrong, what's going What
1: Glacier, what Glacier's coming your way. handled <laughs> <Yeah,
0: like, laughs> yeah. the Titanic. Freaking Dave Gold could have handled the Titanic. But <laughs> Yeah, it is, it's
1: very true. So, like, somebody messes up, they're looking to you to get back on the one. you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, let me be or, do that or let me be your battery to like give you more energy. Just something, you know,
1: when I was younger, I used to beat myself up so terribly. Like we performed like at the old grape, which was like, I guess, chemistry now. I don't even know what it is, but like those are like, you know, big deal shows to like a kid or whatever. And like I would like mess up like one tiny part that nobody would notice. But like I would think about it like well into like the early <laughs> days of the week. Like why? It's a G, not an A. You know what I mean? Like, and then as I got older, I realized like different ways of like, you know, faking it, you know, better, you know what I mean? Like because the casual listener who doesn't understand the arrangement, doesn't understand, you know, the the pattern, they're just there. They don't care that you're, you know, beating yourself up about practicing, but there is something to be said though, about the active memorization as it comes to rhythmic patterns how do you how do you, do you see it visually in your head because i'm a hummer i don't know if that makes sense to bass players out there are, or drummers but i'm sure it does but like when the song is going i'm humming along to it like in my mouth i always had like a stick of gum too so i could be like fresh dave grohl's secret right there <laughs> and uh do you do that at all do you like count uh- like out loud make noises
0: I do grunt. I've been told I I grunt Um, when I do background. You should should
1: continue to grunt,
0: dude. This is what we want. But like, it's, it's not a pleasant grunt. It's actually, no, it's not a grunt. It's more like, like Satan has taken over my body, (laughs) Um, but like, it's a thing, like I'll be playing time. I'm not thinking about my voice or my face. I have no control over my face or my my voice when I'm not thinking about it. So it'll just kind of go sometimes. And I've been told I have crazy drummer face, but I, it's not intentional. It's just, I'm playing and I'm not focused on it. But like, when it comes to the humming, if, if I have a background vocal mic and I'm playing, mm-hmm. sometimes hear a little, just a little something, something in the background. This is the devil, it's, you know, it's rock and roll. It's gotta be in there somewhere. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, But now that I'm, you know, kind of taking a singing role, uh, I, I started my own band and I'm, I'm singing from the kit i've i've begun working on it a little more so there's a l- little less devil in, in our music these days a little less <laughs> You know, what I'm saying. so that
1: that takes some time and some practice to be able to uh phil collins it you know and um it's different you got all these gigs when's the first gig like you have all these new gigs lined up tell the listener out there um, um when yeah. they can check this uh new project out
0: you are so, it's like the
1: thing is, as, as he continues to scroll here on the Bob and Rob show, I'm gonna take over and just say, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing one of these performances because it takes a lot to do just what he's doing. Like it, it's so singing, like the rhythmic pattern I was talking about, seeing it visually or humming in your head singing is like something that doesn't necessarily happen in those patterns because harmonies and melodies can flow over, you know, like the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think of singing the same, like a harmony or a melody. Obviously it's got to be on the one, right. But rhythmically, there's so many different things you can do with the lyric, you know what I mean? Change it and stuff like that. But now we're back. Rob's has information about these gigs. You like that? How it just wonder for a moment.
0: podcast, let's, let's hop back on it with the Rob and Bob show. Um, when it comes to like doing melodies on the drums, I, I think they're very connected. I think that's uh, that's a misnomer. So like if I'm playing like a groove, you know, like uh, here's a, gr- a great example. Uh, do you know Dave Matthews band? Yes. Um, he's like, an example of a guy that can kind of flow over, like there'll be a rhythm that the band is doing, but a lot of music like the band, or if, mm-hmm. like um, maybe even the Foo Fighters or different things like that, the, the rhythm of the melody is built into the drums, whether the drummer deci- has decided it or the, the the front man wanted it. It's usually built in. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, pull up... A,
1: With Nirvana, a, I mean, like, for instance, like, in bloom, I mean, like, the guitar, the lyrics, like, everything goes, you know, synonymous, right? Is that what you're trying to say?
0: I mean, it, sort of. So, like, as as an example, so, like, a bass drum is the big drum on the floor. It's like, boom, boom, for anybody who doesn't mm-hmm. know are or what each drum is so that drum i can accentuate a certain lyric with that kick drum so like um uh I'm trying to think of oh here you know the song we will rock you yes uh, we will we will rock you that on rock you that's what the drummer's doing on the bass drum rock you oops <laughs> and huh? Accentuated by the bass drum and also, you know, the band as well. But th- that happens a lot in music. So actually, it's hard, but it's also easy to sing from the kit because the melody is almost built into the grooves if you have the right groove. If that makes sense. Yes.
1: Any- yeah. But some some songs don't have good grooves. Some songs do. I, I mean,
0: suck. No, I don't know. <laughs> I
1: I really think they do, man. To be honest with you, like I, it's weird how like the artist doesn't maintain the whole album anymore. Like scroll through an album, you're just like, "What, dude? Like, why is this song awesome and then the rest sound like it's a totally different band?"
0: Uh, I blame lack of foresight or the fact that they just wanted to put an album out and it was rushed. Yeah, no. like you know those band. There's a, an album by Zach Brown band, and he he, he kind of. Put, kind of pulled away from country just decided he was going to put out this record that had like a whole bunch of different genres but it didn't make any sense altogether they were cool all by mm-hmm. themselves but like it didn't, like you said it doesn't make any sense throughout the whole record and sometimes I wonder if it's just the record the record labels like we need to put something out and these are all the tracks that are available just do it and the artist is like I guess I have to do it if that makes any sense
1: <laughs> I, I maybe I who knows what the game is anymore the game I guess is getting on a Spotify playlist which is so sad
0: I don't think it's sad. I think it's, I think it's crappy that we're not getting paid enough to stream, but I think it's actually kind of interesting. Here's why: is because, again, we don't have to go through the old gatekeepers. There are new gatekeepers, and there's tons of them, or like different places. Here's here's an example: um, an artist we might both know. Do You know Sophie Corin? No.
1: How do you spell it? C O R I N.
0: C O R A N. Okay. Uh, but she's a great singer and keyboardist and just came mm-hmm. out with a bunch of singles. And like she, you can go to Spotify, Spotify, and on usually on a Spotify playlist, it'll have a username created by such and such. It'll either say like Spotify or-
1: Oh, the collaborative sp- playlist, is it what you're talking about?
0: No, it's it's usually curated by someone. They can be like small playlists with like a hundred mm-hmm. followers, thousand followers, things like that. Mm-hmm. But you can find the same people on Instagram or TikTok or one of those and like DM them, make a relationship and you have an in on all of their playlists if the music fits. I think that's that- That's so
1: creepy, dude. I don't yeah. know if that's for me. It sounds <laughs> too old, I'm it's, too old, dude. It creeps me out, dude. It's like, hey, let me peek into your family life and see what your kid looks like. You know what I mean? Like, do you like Nirvana? Like, I, it's weird, right? Like, I just, like what I was trying, my point of view though, Come is like on, saying like Spotify is like this thing where artists have to like get on a playlist. It doesn't matter if they're good, you know, it's the same thing. It's like also getting the tape to Mr. Big.
0: Well, here's my argument back in the old days, there were plenty of people that weren't good and they made it Paris. Especially if
1: they were from a certain, I know (laughs) that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, she had like how many albums,
0: but I don't know, but like the shit then is still the shit. Now it's the same thing. It's just in a different package.
1: Yeah, but it's a package that doesn't pay though. That's the thing that pisses me off. Okay, I mean, like, so you put all this tough, tough work in, and Spotify. Like, I don't believe too. Like, Spotify when they send you numbers too, it's like you don't know because you didn't print five hundred copies and send them to the department stores, and they come back and say, "Oh, we're at zero now." Like, I don't know how many times that song's been played. And I just to be quite honest, just with the way the music industry has always been. I wouldn't doubt that it's fair, you know, like it's, it, it's, it's definitely probably corrupt and there's other people making money while artists spend thousands of dollars putting out an album that nobody listens to. And it's just sad. It's just, it's not gonna, the way gonna, that I grew up listening to it.
0: Uh, devil's advocate this. So, you know, when artists have to sue their own management or their own label, when they realize that they've been hiding money from them, that should happen. Yeah. So if Spotify did do that, you know, it's, Sure. Different. Mm-hmm. It's not a record label. It's Spotify actually hiding it, but you really can't. Hi- I mean, you can hide streams. You can also fake streams, but usually in your benefit, you know, you can't usually can't hide like s- streams. For example, you mean like someone could pay somebody to just stream your music overnight and you have thousands and thousands of plays. You're going to you're going to get your money, you know, but like you couldn't hide them unless there's something I don't know, which I'm sure there is.
1: Well, I mean, like also, okay. So it's like, you can't hide them, but it's also going to a database that you don't have access to. The artist doesn't have access to it. And there's no, like, I remember just back in the day, we'd get like three cases, you know what I mean? Of like CDs and you know how many CDs are in there. And that's what I'm talking about. There's an actual physical inventory Like your song goes out, gets streamed and then the numbers go up. I mean, does it always go up? Did they have service there? Like, you know, did it, I just, I think that it's too easy. I love Spotify, whatever. I'm, I'm sorry if the algorithm picked this up and you're, listening, you're like, fuck this guy. Fuck but this guy. I just think that basically, I don't know, it works in some people's favor overnight, which is wonderful. It worked for Pyrus Hilton, as you mentioned. And you know what I mean? Like everything turned out well for her.
0: I mean, the music industry is, I think something that people, not that we don't understand it. I think it's something that evolves, but it's also the same in the sense mm-hmm. of like, like we, we talked about, like, you know, there are plenty of people that make it that aren't good. You know, they just get either they have a song that was written for them by a producer that wanted them to get it, you know, a hit. And they were hot, and easy to sell. That makes a lot of sense, you mm-hmm. know, and you go to like um, a snarky puppy, which they were on the road for over. I don't want to say over a decade, but around a decade before they blew up. You know,
1: yeah, some bands really they put in the work before they even get there, you know.
0: And that it's
1: it's always gonna be that way. It's always gonna be the cycle without a doubt. You know what I mean? Because people want to express themselves through music.
0: Right. And I think that you know, the the old record industry and the new record industry are different but the same. Uh I know a few artists that have like uh songs in um TV ads or maybe even like a, a like a show and they get millions of streams. And again, they're not making crazy money, but I mean, like it's something. Mm-hmm. You
1: know? Well, they changed the stuff up and I believe it was 2011. Once again, my assistant quit listener, but you know, <laughs> they changed like the law where, you know, at one point streaming services were paying downtown harvest, substantial money checks that I was like, wow, this is great. You know, like, and then it all changed. And it's like, I also don't, you know, Trust the people who run those companies. It's just, I mean, it, it's always been that way, really, right? You always hear something terrible. I straight up asked the guy at Chick Fil A today, dude. Like, is this true? I showed him like a meme that I saw on the internet about some terrible things, and he looked at it. Then he looked at me like I had just like you know, you know, assassinated like you know somebody like this look of disgust. And he said, where'd you get that? I'm like, it's Instagram. you see the Instagram thing, man. Like, do you guys support this? He's like, we do not. We do not support that. We we have no idea where that's coming from. It was very odd. Sorry to go off tangent there, but.
0: You're supporting the uh, the transphobic groups.
1: Yeah, like they like uh, funding the transphobic groups. And I was like, is this true? Can you tell the like, guy? Put it right in the manager's face. Because it was like, you know, that before lunch, I was picking up DoorDash. And he just looks so discussed it and since then he has just been nothing but negative towards me (laughs) he just projects hate towards me he's just like this guy man trying to find out the truth
0: spiking your your waffle fries (laughs) I would steer clear of that Chick-fil-A
1: so so what is your favorite like um, venue to play around here like which one are you looking forward to most as you uh, go out there and show everybody this new band
0: well here I will answer that but I want to say one more thing about streaming stuff
1: okay go ahead go ahead back i hope spotify's listening
0: well i hope they like me at all uh you know the the consumer mm-hmm. doesn't have a cd player anymore. it's gone it's over cd players tapes that stuff is over vinyl sure, people are buying vinyl again which is great but the average consumer is streaming you know there are better platforms than others you know um i hear titled pays the best out of all but you know unfortunately until someone creates i hope i inspire you listener to create something that pays the artist a little better but Mm -hmm. until something comes out that pays us a little better and the publishers and the writers you know right now it's the devil you know
1: i know it's true it's the the reality you were born into and it is wild though i mean it's just i just wish there was more things in favor for the artist to be honest with you you know it's just a shame that it's always a different battle that everybody's fighting at the same time, it seems to be heard. And it's like, I wish there was technology where you could just be heard. You could just like, boom, here's a button, and you could just play to like 5,000 people who tune in. Wouldn't that be wonderful? You know what I mean? Like, and also play like, like imagine like you and I could just virtually, like we're doing this Zoom thing. Like, why couldn't we be virtually in the room together jamming out right now? Like, it's, it's not far fetched anymore, you know?
0: I think we're uh, closer and closer to every day. I do i think i think we're gonna get there within the next couple years especially after the pandemic but people want to be together um anyway in terms of venues when they venues open up Mm we in a room together um i would love to play with this new group i would love to play johnny brenda's which i never have um -hmm. just just by you know whatever chance i want to play johnny brenda's with this group the music is kind of like americana meets folk um my voice is not, I, I, am not a Your voice is sexy. Very sweet. But I, you know, it's a very Americana bass, very acoustic guitar, drums, electric guitar and bass, and sometimes organ and stuff. But it, that's what I want. I want to play Johnny Brandis. Have you ever played there?
1: No, I never did. We were never um, invited to come there, played everywhere else, but there, but I've seen shows there. And I was like, wow, this Stage is great. Uh, nice back room, nice green room, good food too. Awesome place. Did you see any of those concerts they did on the roof during the pandemic? Uh,
0: I, I did. I saw, uh, I guess it was the guys from Dr. Dog on the roof. That's or cool. Guys from Dr. Dog. What did you, what'd you see?
1: I didn't see anything. I saw it from the internet. <laughs> the first band I saw before I saw you guys perform two weeks ago was this band in Myrtle Beach that just sucked. would <laughs> <laughs> be a nice <laughs> Dude, I hadn't heard live music in forever. And I walk up in this bar and, and like, I was going to get my kid to use the bathroom and stuff like that. And, like, I say, oh, I think I drum kit, you know? And uh, he got up there and there's just bad, it was just bad timing, bad cover song, bad singer. So bad. You yeah. Know? I feel like I can say that too, because, like, I'm in a different state, you know? I'm not hurting anybody's feelings around here where they can track down my activity and be like, don't shame him.
0: <laughs> nope. Did you have the thought that was like, uh is this what it was? Is this what live music was?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I had a couple of dreams of like live music during the pandemic where I was just like, wow, this is amazing. I'm back at a concert, you know, but I don't know. I've seen, you know, um, when all these concerts pop up online. It seems like everybody's ready to go back on the road and stuff like that. But concerts are expensive, man. You know, it just sucks. Like I can't afford it no more. Like, you know, like $300. If I was going to go get tickets to see Burt Kreischer. At the Met, like Birdie Boy, and Birdie Boy's like two hundred dollars a pop almost for like that seats and the way back.
0: That was for New Year's, right? The New Year's Eve show.
1: Yeah, you like Bert?
0: I love Bert. I follow all of his stuff. Two Bears, One Cave. Um,
1: yeah, I love Two Bears, One Cave, man. It's good. the the one with Stevo. I know it's not with Segura, but I'd love the one with Stevo. It cracked me up because like Bert like takes the lead, kind of. Bert's nuts, dude. <laughs> He's so nuts. His rationale.
0: But you know what? He's so entertaining. You can't it's like it's not a car crash, but it's close. (laughs) It's just what is he going to do? It's hard not to watch. But he he has
1: to stop drinking, though, like he has to. Like he's got the blood pressure problem. He's got all the. You know what I mean? And it's like he rationalizes sometimes, too, because he he thinks people want him to be drunk. They just want him to be funny. They don't want him to be drunk. And it's just, you know, sad.
0: I think that's also, you know, I feel like we should uh, give a little empathy. You know it's like uh when an artist changes genres and you and they're afraid of uh the people not following them
1: it's
0: it's yeah something to be said or like an artist who was uh super fat and all of a sudden they get like super fit like or a comedian that does that are they funny anymore they don't know we don't know it's a whole different aesthetic yeah it's like it's a whole different aesthetic you know but in terms of Bert, Bert I didn't say anything. Uh, I would love to uh, beat your house band. Um, ignore God, that. God, dude, that'd be so good.
1: Um, so, ignore. So one time, Bert like has like has got bad teeth, right? And like I have like a dental story that I related to very much when he went into detail about his. Like I've had.
0: Dental-
1: uh, I I well I've had I got this tooth knocked out when I was ten, and a nerve got exposed, which no root canal could fix. Then I stepped up from the root canal to what is called an apoectomy and apoectomy is when they cut stitches into the top of your gum and then remove bits of the root of your tooth. Uh. Yeah, it, it wasn't a good story. I've talked about it many times on the show. Listeners probably like, God, here we go again. Tell them about the weekend where you did uh, Vicodin and uh, you know, codeine for the first time and thought this was wonderful. And that was your first time on pills. And that was the, the, the thing that got you on a path towards the destruction. But then later in life, you got off them. Yeah, that's what happened. But my tooth has always been a problem just because of pain in my face. But Bertie Boy talked about it and I tweeted him. And uh, I believe he quoted my tweet and tweeted back, calling me a chomper champ. And it like made my whole day. I was like, Birdie knows who I am, dude. If I ever meet him one day, I'm going to call myself chomper champ.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, like, I think that's like a terminology. and I also think that like (laughs) it's very relatable. Like I was, I was thinking like, um about making a podcast about that like people call in and like tell me like their worst ptsd dental stories it's like almost like group for people who are like you know drug addicts or alcoholics like but for people who've had dental ptsd really you know
0: i love it i think you should uh dental hijinks like dental hygienist
1: <laughs> do you want to help me host it <laughs> do you have any dental issues
0: thing i've got is i've got a um a what do you call it a um what's the, the tooth the teeth that are in the very back you gotta get removed uh,
1: uh wisdom teeth
0: wisdom teeth i got one wisdom tooth that like popped out and that means i have to get them all removed and i know that's oh. bill that's the only thing i got really so my
1: friend has that and like he's in excruciating pain you don't seem to be in any pain
0: just in my soul buddy just in my soul
1: oh yeah <laughs> i the funny thing the funny thing too about that is that your soul doesn't have teeth you know what i mean like never did
0: it's biting me
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you ever listen to um smartless no do you like jason bateman will arnett and sean hayes
0: i've never heard of this show it's what they're like just goofing on each other for like an hour an hour and a half right just like that's bateman. where
1: i got the term listener from i'm so like a copycat but yeah they, they they're so it's my favorite show and i just i laugh every week and it's it's wonderful I told listener many times, get on that. You should, you would love it. It's great humor and they're so funny and they chop each other down. I just love that type of humor, you know?
0: You know what? I love Sean Hayes. I wish he got more after Will and Grace. We're actually right at the end of Will and Grace. That's kind of- Same. Oh, so, really? Uh, we just, we're watching it when we go to sleep and we're at like the last four or five episodes and Sean Hayes is just amazing. He's amazing.
1: Yeah, so I- I I think I know the answer why like he he just banked off that like that show was wildly popular and he doesn't have to work anymore which is awesome he he talks a lot about his life on the show like with his boyfriend and like you know like uh, his house is so big that he doesn't even know where Scotty is sometimes for days like Scotty's missing. But yeah, it's a great show. I I love it. And Bateman, Bateman's hysterical because he's so self-deprecating and Willow Nett just jumps on him each week. But the premise is, is each week somebody invites a guest on. They don't know who it is, you know. I I would like to do that. I would like to have people call in anonymous, like anonymously and like tell me like their secrets. If that's something you'd like, drop me a message down below, please. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, what Hon, Here's the question. Can you hear their voice or is it going to be like a... Um, a no, it's like you had to have
1: to change their voice. Totally, right? Hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, yeah. very I think that could work. I think you got something there.
1: I, but it's been replicated before. Like there's a thing called the Apology Line, uh, which is a wonderful podcast as you can listen to about a guy in the late 1970s, early 80s that started a 1-800 number called one apology and people would call in and apologize for terrible things they did and eventually led to, like, people claiming to be serial killers. I don't want any of that shit, dude, because I people know who I am and where I live. Dude, I don't want that, man. I just want people to tell me, like, you know, stories that maybe they're embarrassed about, that they don't want anybody to know. Change your voice. You know, you can get it out. You know, you feel better about yourself.
0: You open the floodgates, they all come through. That's the issue. You're going to get all of them or none of them at all.
1: Actually, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, like, I think that a lot of times talk therapy is great for people, but they don't even realize it because they've never done it. So if you've done something bad, hit me up down below, cahill.bob at gmail.com. Before
0: we continue, I will give you those uh, dates I promised you. On uh, June 26th, Reading Distilling Company, the Rob Tate Band will be playing from 7 to 10. And then on July, July, (laughs) on July 2nd, We'll also, we'll be playing in Lansdale for their first Friday. It's the first, first Friday of the year uh, since the pandemic. So we'll be starting that off. So, you know, uh, that's we'll really be, cool. we'll be that terrible band that you heard, but in Lansdale on July. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. I,
1: I wish I could, the, the guy had the dopest kit too. The dopest drum kit. I'm like,
0: this is going to be awesome. Oh, but see, that's, that's, that's the giveaway. There's always two giveaways. One, the gear is so nice and pristine that, you know, this guy sucks. See, i don't
1: know i've only been playing like through the pandemic seriously so i don't know enough about parts yet to like but i, I see what you mean though yeah because it was a dw like you know leather skin look it was a, a beautiful looking device but you know what i mean like
0: you can usually he also
1: he played with multi-rods and i don't mind multi-rods but there's a specific way you got to do it you know what i mean like
0: you mean the hot rods with the the red tape
1: yeah the hot rods yeah, yeah.
0: um If you're playing outside with those, I don't think you know what you're... Well, I shouldn't say that. I take it back. If you're going for a certain aesthetic, they work.
1: But for the band, though, it didn't work, though. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't... The band didn't match that. It was just really odd. I was like, I got to go.
0: I wonder if... Some guy's got to use the bathroom. in their rehearsal space that they told him that he can only play with hot rods. And then when they got outside, he he just... (laughs) He had to play with hot rods.
1: Yeah. That's the worst, too. Have you ever been told hey? Do us a favor. Can you just turn yourself down? Like you're like a volume like control. Oh,
0: more times than I I care to admit. Um, I'm a loud drummer, usually. Um Yeah, but
1: that's what I like about you. You're a loud drummer, but that's what makes it feel good. You know what I mean? So I imagine like people coming up with you know, and like your self-esteem, like you just hit like a song, you feel so good, your self-esteem's feeling awesome. And then someone comes up like, just a smidge, turn it down, just a smidge. It's a little bit too loud
0: definitely happened and uh i'm definitely guilty of just doing getting i don't know if bass players get through this which is you get so involved in your body like you want to emote more force instead of listening yes to what you're actually producing um so like i guess do you feel that like when you pluck the strings you want to like really pull and like get the physicality of it instead of like the tone yeah I, well it's
1: also too it's like yeah it's the with playing it here and practicing at home so like i want to do it when i'm playing live though there's something different about playing in front of people that changes your performance really i don't i I don't know how to describe it really unless you've done it a couple times you know but like i know what you mean though pulling that like yeah like well i would switch back and forth between bass and pick i love doing it so much i would like hold the pick in my like you know between the thumb and then use the middle finger yeah it was great times
0: in between the, the middle finger
1: Sometimes, yeah, like I would know I would have it. Let me think, man. I would know I have the ring finger and the thumb holding the pick while I have my one and my two index finger and middle finger playing. Yeah. Okay. And then I just switch back and forth, like you know, like for like a couple songs, because I always felt that the bass shouldn't be limited towards a one type of feel for the verse and chorus, if and especially for some bridges, like some you know funky bridges. You can't just sound like you're, you know, it's hard hard to explain. Guitar players. i love tone though I, I wish there was a podcast about tone but there's not just oh, there, people talking about
0: no no there definitely is like there's there's a whole youtube series about uh drum sounds i can't I, in fact there's a guy named Rhett Scholl who has a whole thing that talks about guitar tones
1: um i would like to hear that is that on you can you send me that in the in the post
0: um yeah
1: I, I i'm obsessed with like i think that's what makes great bands too, drumming and also to like the tone of like how it sounds like I it's it's into some bands you just know who it is too. Like when you hear them play the guitar for the first time, it's it's odd because everyone's uh, plays it differently. With drums, I, I would say the same thing too, as well. There's no like you know, there's no two drummers.
0: Do you mean that no two drummers have the same sound? Same,
1: yeah, maybe like a little bit, but you know what I mean. The feels are astronomically different, you know. Like somebody who, like you know, uh, Buddy Rich versus uh, the dude from Kings of Leon. You know what I mean? Like such different styles.
0: Right, and I think there's that's the same case for you know every instrument. You know, your voice is gonna come through the instrument. Like,
1: yeah, if it's if you're a good band, if you're not, if you're not, you uh, you one of those bands in the mid '90s that got signed to just like you know happen to live next they, to Seattle or something like
0: that. bands that stink that make it. It still happens. Like,
1: <laughs> Is that a podcast? That sounds awesome. Bands that stink that make it with Bob and Rob. Never, you'll
0: never, Bob Rob. You'll never run out of uh, content. Um,
1: do, you, do you know the band Bob Moses?
0: Uh, I know the drummer Bob Moses. There's a band named Bob Moses.
1: Is it Bob Moses? Okay, uh, Alexa. Uh, you know what? I can't. If I play it, then they will flag the episode. Because... You we're flagged forever, dude. They're good. There, I, I used to there's so many episodes in the beginning of my show where I would like I didn't even have a microphone. I would just like play tracks off like my iTunes, like with the phone recording it, you know. Thank you. And uh <laughs> it's just nuts, you know what I mean? I got flagged recently for uh, a couple things on Instagram where they're like the copyright has been yeah. issued. That's crazy too. I remember when that first came out, I was like, what dude? They know <laughs> how do they search this in like Singapore? You know what I mean? But they do.
0: It's that same uh uh that same like app. What's the app that you can like pl- uh make it listen to whatever song you're listening to? And it'll- oh Shazam,
1: yeah. Isn't there a TV show called Shazam too? Like where people do like a sing along or something like that?
0: And you have to sing like the last line of the verse, and like as you go on and on, it gets harder and harder, and harder, more obscure songs. I think oh, okay. Fox hosts it. I'm pretty sure it's Jamie Fox. You have to like beat Shazam.
1: Wow, he's on. He's the ho- he has to do that. Like he does. not He's like a famous actor he won the oscar and he's, well, i guess maybe he likes music so much it makes sense that's
0: you know money per episode like back to what we were talking about sean hayes like that dude was definitely making a million dollars an episode and there were like 20 some episodes a season he's making it yeah and
1: he the for inflation that's crazy too right when when was that 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 aired that was the late 90s right into the early thousands will and grace
0: i'm pretty sure you are correct sir um yeah. And like those guys didn't have to do anything. Like Deborah Messing did that, and the wedding date was the movie. Yes, and they don't have to do anything ever again if they don't want to. Like Sean, they yeah, don't did have to. Podcast, and I'm pretty sh- well. No, uh, what's her name? Did a lot of plays. Uh, what is not Deborah Messing? What's the other woman's name? I can't recall. Karen on the show. She, I'm pretty sure she did a lot of musical theater. And I don't know about the other guys, but anyway, uh.
1: Did you ever watch a show called Perfect Strangers when you were a kid?
0: No. What is that?
1: Ah, it sucks for the for listener out there. Uh, you know, they're rebooting it without the original leads, and uh, I'm very disappointed. I read it today. They're also doing Turner and Hooch without Tom Hanks on Disney Plus. But you know, the young kids don't know. Oh, you know what, Rob? This is a great. I'm glad that I remembered this shit, dude. Before we go, and like. I'm sorry to have to bring it up on your episode, but this is a public recall from the podcast, okay? In previous episodes, I mentioned that my son enjoyed YouTube sensation Blippy. I am retracting <laughs> I am retracting my uh, support for the character named Blippy after discovering on the Joe Rogan podcast a few days ago with one of my favorite comedians Duncan Trussell that Blippy was in fact Stevie Mick Grossman or some shit like that. And in like 2014, when the Harlem Shake was taking off, he made lewd videos where he defecated on his friend. He changed his name, okay, from Grossman to John, I think, legally, and then issued some sort of act on the internet where he was able to take down some of it, but you can still see it on Reddit. I went and saw it on Reddit and I've been disturbed for maybe about like 48 hours now after this discovery. So I am publicly retracting my support for the character Blippy. If you heard it on the show. Please go into your kids' room and remove all of the
0: merchandise. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. So confused. So this this character, this guy, he defecated on a friend called during the Harlem Shake or something. You and- remember
1: when the Harlem Shake was like a, the video sensation, like when people were recording themselves? Where he was a gross-out YouTube character who tried to get famous as this like gross out guy and he he basically shits on his best friend in the bathroom during the video during the breakdown it's disgusting Rogan saw it out and, and like I, as I was listening to it I was like this can't be real and then I went and saw it and then dude like my son had like blimpy like costume on for like Halloween like it was bad dude I was so bad I was just like this is like what kind of world do we live in so like I'm just upset because it's like he changes his name he has no kids and then he does this and then he's making money at the same time it's like these kids who grew up loving Blippy are eventually going to like start being able to search things on the internet and then find out that he shitted on his best friend. It's disturbing.
0: You know, it is disturbing, but you know, there is something that's sad about this. Uh, you know what? I will talk about this in 2016. Yeah, 16. I got a DUI, I hit a uh a parked car and I was drunk behind the wheel. And, you know, I got put into a uh, holding for 24 hours and I was almost in a cell for the whole weekend. I got the last judge, the last case of the night. So I was able to get out, but I missed a gig. But if I had hit, this comes back around, I promise. If I had hit somebody or killed somebody, um, that would be on my record forever. I would still be in jail for, you know, involuntary manslaughter or manslaughter. And, you know, I'd get out in like 20 years. And maybe it's because I went through that. I look at something like that, you know, he was defecating on his best friend, which is fucked up and weird. Um, (laughs) But haven't we all done something that we really, 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 really regret and I'm not saying, I'm not giving this guy just a
1: That's pack. the podcast that we're pitching right now, right? If he's done something bad, call in and tell us.
0: Right. But he's this guy's getting straight up canceled, it sounds like.
1: No, no, he didn't get canceled. That's the crazy thing. This came out, the, the news came out in 2019, and he's continued to produce YouTube videos and make money and didn't get canceled. But, like, it's just odd. Like, not having, changing the name. I, I get what you mean about Redemption, and I believe that Redemption is a very large part of life without a doubt. But I just, the whole kid thing is just weird. Like the kids are going to look this up and see him shitting on his best friend. It's just, it's not right. Like you chose that profession, shitting on people. You should probably stick with it. You can't make the jump to like, you know, priest or like a kid star
0: calling him because he, uh, shitting on his friend it was because of a career of shitting on his best friend
1: <laughs> yeah so he he had this like whole alternate personality where like he made this youtube or character up apparently which was born in like a i don't even want to go into the details because it's so foul and like just strange but he made turd boy videos he made a whole bunch of other videos that are out there too as well which i didn't care to see because it, i feel like i've been duped because like <laughs> we love blippy you know what i mean and like he shit okay. on me for, for, for Perverly, you know, it happened
0: multiple times then. Okay, so that, maybe it's a little different, but you know,
1: and he filmed no- it himself. It wasn't like somebody was like, hey, like, like, like they were filming him in secret. Like he produced the video and he ate something in particular to make it look as, as extravagant as it was. But I mean, like, forgiveness though, I want you to continue to talk about that though. So, I mean, like, first off, thank you for sharing that. You know, um, not everybody talks about their, you know,
0: oh, I'll the DUI. Have- about that stuff I've been sober for a year and a half, not to be a downer, but like it's it's been a, a game changer in many ways. Uh I yeah. really things about my personality. I um sometimes I get very uncomfortable in social situations and I'll I desperately want to drink just to re- relieve relieve that. But like um that was a problem for me. But back to redemption you know like if i had hit somebody i would have that on my record for years and, I, and getting canceled and not being able to like make a living obviously it's a terrible thing but okay so maybe the, what you're discussing is a little different because if this guy was just like you know not sorry about it and just was trying to get away it's from odd.
1: i'm still i'm just hurt by it but you know like i have a couple of friends who have duis as well and um
0: again we all fuck up
1: yeah it's just yeah you fuck up i mean it's part it's part of life you know i mean I, I've done it. I I confessed on the, the podcast uh, I think it was like maybe 30. I don't even know what episode it was. It was with Dave when Dave Monomare from uh, Well Opened uh, came on the show. And when I was 19 I got drunk. Piss drunk. And Dave Monomare's parents were away and I was friends with Dave's brother Tom. And uh, we got drunk and I accidentally knocked the sink off the wall and flooded their entire house and basically drove home drunk woke up in my you know childhood bedroom soaking wet went back opened the door it looked like pirates of the caribbean dude i was just like fuck but i uh i tried to you know seek redemption for it you know and like told told them i told his mom and stuff it felt good to like you know finally get that off my um my chest my vernacular you know because it bothered me for years like damn dude why did i do that
0: yeah and like in terms of redemption you know that's something incredibly fucked up and you were messed up but you know you yeah doing well you're making this awesome podcast and you know you're still you, you keep saying you're not a musician but you still make music i disagree um you play drums uh yeah
1: i know it, i I'm, I'm i'm i guess I, I don't know the way i see it is at home it's like i'm I'm making music for myself, you know? And I feel like that's not, I mean, mu- a musician is somebody who goes out and performs for others in a way I feel, you know, and just not doing that. Like right now, is just a weird feeling, you know, cause I've been in bands my whole life and it's nice, it's honestly nice to have like a break. Like I had such a great time just sitting back and not sweating and getting swamp ass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at that gig where you guys played in country. It was nice to just listen to music, you know, like, cause for so long, it's like, even if I was like the third or second act on the bill, I couldn't listen to other bands because I was so worked up about my set coming, you know, if that makes sense for a listener.
0: It does. There's a lot of there's a lot of things to be worried about in those shows, you know, like and like um I guess they'll call it, they call it a showcase, right? I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Showcase or you know.
0: But like where there's like multiple acts on like a night Yeah, and, you, know, you should be like seeing everybody's stuff, but you're really worried about your own set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot to it you know, making sure the room uh, stays for your set and uh, just making sure it all works out. There's a lot to that.
1: There really is. There's so much that goes into it. I know you're going to be looking forward um, to getting back, you know, in front of audiences. I know people are going to be looking forward to hearing live music. Uh, they can also access you through the internet, Rob, Rob Tate music. Is that the handle?
0: Yeah. Um, Instagram at Rob Tate music, or they can do uh uh, reach out to, me, out to me on Facebook. It's just uh, facebook.com slash music. or, you know, I'm a little on TikTok. I'm trying, but I'm not having Dove 100% in. Um, I'm
1: scared. Of t- I was on TikTok and I deleted it. I was like, this is too much, dude. This, this is, this is going to ruin me.
0: Now, it's, it's something to be said. It's an amazing platform, but it's starting to destroy some artists. And what I mean by that is this. You've heard about their algorithm? Yeah. Um, algorithm? some places recommend that you post like three times a day on I know so either you have to like super batch like an idea like for example there was this one girl that I followed that like did like I don't know 100 variations on this one idea and just you know saved it and then releases it as she goes but like she does these big batches but you're telling me I have to record let's say in a month that's 300 videos for one one it's not
1: but you know what they are consuming that though and like when i was on tiktok like you know i like i guess like you know you'd search and you'd see these people like they're devoting their lives to it and they're making money too uh, doing it as well and i applaud them you know i think like tiktok is like like the new band in a way you know what i mean like when i was a kid like all i wanted to do was be in a band now it's like everyone's like all i want to do is be on tiktok and be a star it's like and you're also like remixing your reality. You know what I mean? Like it's not normal. It's it's so strange, but I like watching it, you know, like if it pops up on my feed.
0: Dive deeper into that, like remixing your reality. What do you mean?
1: Just, by- um, Hello? well, I mean like, okay. So like if you're using TikTok or if you're using like Instagram or any of those things, you're remixing your reality. You're, you're showing people what you want them to see per se. Like the camera's not always rolling, you know, you're not, that guy tubing on CNN, the guy caught jerking off during the the zoom podcast meeting or whatever. But like also too, it's like, I find it so interesting. Like your search and your Instagram is so much different than other people because it's the algorithm towards your natural instinct. You're, you're being programmed, remixed into like your reality becoming what these media things want. I'm cool with it. I'm not upset. It's just, I'm aware of it, you know? And it's like, it's odd how it like seeps into you, you know? Like the, the whole like the, like the 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 light goes green and not everybody goes anymore because they're still looking at their phones and like if you think about like everything happens for a reason and stuff like that like somebody gets into a car accident because they're looking at their phone like that's it's just it's a weird thing the technology has now become almost like a in my opinion it already has become skynet you know it's taken us over completely
0: it is a variation for sure i think uh we don't, I don't think we know what the implications are yet to have a verdict.
1: I know it's, boy, I know that people will be, um, they're going to have terrible neck pains and stuff like that. They're going to have headaches from looking down all the time. When is the phone going to like, like, why do we have to look down? You know what I mean? Like, can't we just have it be like, zoop, it's like right in front of you, you know? Well, I think That's what I want. Like the minority report, do you ever see a minority report where like they do the, the swipe?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's uh is that Tom Cruise? yeah three um, celestial not celestial beings, but the beings that can predict the the crime and stuff.
1: I believe their name uh, their names were the precogs. But yeah, it's a Philip K Dick novel, and like you know that sci-fi it's not too far off. like uh, in it there's like a, a virtual reality place where you go and you pay for you know anything you want. you know some people want to prostitute, some people want to rob a bank. I personally would like to rob a bank and not like hurt nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just would like to do point break. Like, if there's a virtual reality thing, like put on a mask and <laughs> get in and out.
0: You heard it here, folks. uh Bob is going to rob a bank. Uh, what, <laughs> uh, what bank were you thinking about, Bob?
1: I think it's called the First National Bank in Santa Bob. Monica. Uh, and, the,
0: uh, we're around with time, Bob.
1: I'll be the one with the the sex wax and surfboard standing on the corner at precisely 1203 getting a meatball sandwich. You you, you get what I'm referring to, right? You've seen Point Break, right?
0: Oh, I haven't seen Point Break.
1: Oh, dude, Rob, 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 Rob. Rob, Please do me a favor. And after you get done watching the final episodes of Will and Grace, you got us. It's my favorite movie, dude. It really is. And it's directed by. Okay, so this is the best part. And it's all inclusive before, you know, like everybody was like, you know, uh, into it. The best adrenaline, 100% dramatic film of all time is not directed by a man. It's directed by Catherine Bigelow. It's called Point Break. I recommend everybody watch it, dude. It's so good. And it's still my favorite movie to, to this day just because beat for beat, it just flows. And it's got Gary Busey. Say no more. Say no more.
0: Gary Busey's a nut, but I love him. Uh,
1: this is before his car accident Which made him into a nut You're aware of that right I am Yeah it's a shame dude He was great you know He was such a great addition I mean he's still doing his thing Apparently he's You know about that that app What's it called like um, Where you pay somebody famous To like text your friend Or do a do video you know? Cameo, what? cameo yeah. yeah Where they can
0: uh, do a video uh, Message for a friend Or whatever there are some, there are some folks on there. You're like, huh? I I don't know if Sean Hayes or anybody like that. um, That some people from the office are on that app and stuff like that. Why do you bring that up? I was, I was,
1: I don't know. I like I was just thinking too about that. Like um, I guess like for me, if there was a cameo that I would want to pay for the only cameo I would ever want, I guess. I'm a huge I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. He's the only celebrity I would ask an autograph from. He
0: yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy. I, I heard a story, if you don't mind me. Yeah, sharing. I've
1: heard several I've heard several stories about it. Yeah, I don't even know if it's true. That's an, are you referring to like his crazy life? <laughs> well,
0: no. So, my, a friend of mine, I will not give a name, his father has a place in Florida, and they tell a story, they have a Jim Carrey's mansion was across this bay or river and Jim Carrey was in a restaurant one night, they walk in, Jim Carrey was sitting in by by himself and he was sitting and he was cleaning the silverware that were like opposite him and like all the plates and everything. He was sitting by himself, but he was cleaning everything. He was super like OCD and strange and his hair was all messed up and stuff. Maybe he was having a bad day, I don't know, but I think he might be, I like where he, what he talks about on the, discusses on the internet and stuff like his stances, but I don't, he might be off his rocker, I don't know.
1: I tend to gravitate towards people who are off the rocker. It's weird. Like I, they come to find me. Like there's a, a couple crazy people like who have always, they just like gravitate towards It's like I'm their center of gravity and they come towards me. And like, um, I don't know, something about Jim, like I relate to just because he too is somebody who I guess is seeking redemption. Like he's had some bad shit happen to him. You know, I think his girlfriend died from drugs that he, she got from him. You know what I mean? I think this was a, like a good podcast because the moral is, you know, we should forgive people even if they shit on their best friend doing a Harlem Shake video. Like it's just it's that simple, you know. It's I want true. you to watch the video, around. I'm send you the video of this podcast so that way you can see why I was so disturbed. Like, and then I'll show you the, like the picture of my kid, my cute kid, dancing in his blippy outfit, like singing the song. Dude, we tweeted him and he retweeted his back and like I didn't even know what it meant, but like he was so happy. You know, I mean? like yeah, boopy. I was, I was, I was mortified, dude. That's like, that's like, like, who was your childhood hero?
0: Childhood hero. Um, uh, uh, Scott Rowland. Baseball player.
1: Scott Rowland. Okay. So can you imagine Scott Rowland shitting on like, uh, you know, the first baseman?
0: You know, uh, I, I don't know. Scott Rowland was kind of a dick. He could have done anything. And I was... <laughs> really? He was a weird guy, but no, I mean, do you, Ray- who do you play for? He was the, he was the, uh, he was third base, I believe. Yeah.
1: What year was that?
0: It would have been in the early to mid nineties. I believe, uh, he was the man, he had like tons of gold gloves. He, he Mm -hmm. was the guy, you know, I wanted to bat like him, but not to change the subject, but, uh,
1: do you still play baseball?
0: No, me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. I'm five foot six and I got no swing left. What about you?
1: Nah, dude. I'm retired from all professional sports at this point. <laughs> I like to uh, swim. I swim at the recreational center. It's it's but
0: buddy, that's a that's a difficult sport. I bow to you. That's something.
1: Swim and sauna. But what we we we're just talking about something. We've, we we covered so many different things here, and I'm enjoying this now. I'm not. I we're past the hour point, so like the affiliates on the other, we're in bonus content right now. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking with us. You're here at the Bob and Rob Show. But we're getting down to the nitty gritty of our dark secrets of our life sure. what were we just talking about there's something we were talking about that was interesting
0: we're talking about jim carrey being off his rocker
1: now nah, after that
0: the crazy voices inside your head coming to find you
1: <laughs> that sounds about right <laughs> you know i mean it's been a while since i've done like a long, like, like I, am trying to like do this thing where like I keep it under hour, and then like sometimes people are like, why do you, why are you doing that? Like I like the old ones where you just keep talking forever, and it's like, okay, so we'll just do what you want, listener, you know, we'll just do what you want, you know.
0: Like, like it depends if like the 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 podcast interviewer is get is getting along with the interviewee. You look at your Rogans, and they can go for three, four hours if they have like a good rapport, but then you have some of their episodes that are only an hour long because they just can't get enough out of the people or like they have like a short time span to be interviewed.
1: Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Was there for an hour and that was it.
0: Right. Well, he's a busy dude, you know, in, you know, he wanted to say his piece and get out of there. You know, if Rogan got him saying some stuff that he couldn't defend or get canceled for, you know, i like how
1: rogan like uh is not scared to like take on the media and say like look, look i'm stoned i'm an idiot i don't know what i'm talking about all the time you shouldn't take me so seriously you know like it, it's crazy how big a podcast can become it reminds me like when i was a kid like i used to think that way of like johnny carson because i thought that Tonight show was like the biggest thing on the world like everybody tuned in you know and like rogan could be some people it's very, he's very polarizing for, it, but you know, I've always enjoyed it yeah, for the long form podcast where it just evolves over, you know, some time, you know, some of the, some of the, the shows like Conan O'Brien needs a friend and Smartless They all do the hour format. And it's like, I've also done shorter ones where like they're 10, 15 minutes. I don't know what people like, because I know they listen, but they don't like tell me, you know, tell me along with your deep, dark secrets down below.
0: Messages down below. Um, but you know what? Uh, I think, it's the same with music, you know, to tie it back in. Uh, you make what you like, and you're going to attract those people that like that thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For example, I like the, the music that I'm writing right now, you know, I'm, I'm in this organ trio kind of funk rock group, but I'm handbone Relay, but I'm also making my stuff now, which is very Americana rock, you know, like, amos lee ray lamontaine paul simon that kind of a thing and and i'm playing from the drums it's a different aesthetic entirely like i feel like each one of those things is gonna have a different audience just like like a podcast format like not everyone likes joe Rogan. in fact a lot of people don't (laughs) i
1: know know, they really don't Uh, this is one guy i work with and like he'd always like just like get on my shit how's the broadcast doing huh, how is you and your bros doing? I'm just like, I, I, I know he's a bro, but like, you know, I'm learning some cool shit. Like, I mean, I don't know. P- That's the thing about like people's like preferences. It's like, why why do you have to ruin it? You know what I mean? Like if somebody likes Americano or somebody likes funk, you know what I mean? Like it's it's a preference. And I, I I've always been able to enjoy all types of music, especially this dude I saw. I saw this dude the other day at the Metroplex here in Plymouth meeting busking for money with like a karaoke machine cranked to like 12 and a half, like all the way up. I'm talking the treble all the way up, all the DBs just scattered to the top, playing electric violin to like pre-recorded music. And he had like two girls with him who were like dancing. I was like, where am I, dude? Like, what's going on? It was so loud. It was so loud. If you, I posted it on my my Instagram feed. I think some people saw it, but like,
0: Instagram I feed? wanted to
1: go talk to him, but it was so hot and I wasn't wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He's wearing pants and it's terrible, man. You know, man, jeans are like really terrible from like, you know, if you live in the East coast, jeans are the worst from May to like October. You can't, Am I right? you can't wear them. You shouldn't wear them. You should be able to wear shorts. Matter of fact, I'm going to a job interview tomorrow. I'm wearing shorts, dude. I'm going to have go them right off the bat. Like, look, sorry. I I, mean like, I, I. well, it's, it's a more formal type thing, but at the same time, it's not like in the office, but Yeah, I'm excited. I got a job interview, Uh, first job interview since, uh, you know, the the pandemic. Uh, I got laid off like a week before the pandemic, oddly enough, thinking my life was over and then life was over for a bit. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to like uh, have people ask me questions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know what? I never thought about that. What does the podcast host experience when they finally get asked questions?
1: It's going to be great, dude. I'm just going to be like, yeah, you want me to talk now? Okay.
0: <laughs> well, this is what I really think about a road just, in Antarctica. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the best, but um, I, 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 yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully I get the job. You know, I am. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting. I'm uh, kind of nervous, to be honest, like uh, all, you know, since we're confessing here. I've worked 1099 by my, by myself for a whole year. I really liked it. And I'm kind of scared to get back in the, the cesspool with people. You know, it's like a lot of times, like I've had so many jobs. I've had some jobs that are wonderful and all it takes is one person to just mess up the vibe, dude. And just, it's not a good place, you know? And it's like, it's one thing about the pandemic that I don't think many people are talking about, but I'm going to talk about as I close this episode, because I just got text from my wife saying it's bedtime for my son. I'm scared to go back out there. Sometimes I'm, I, I have anxiety and that's why I do the podcast. I think to like work through my anxieties, but like going to public places and working with people who are just not vibing at all with you is like prison to me in my mind. Like I just can't deal with it. Sometimes I'm just like, uh, like my old boss at my old job, like hated me because basically I, I had shined in other areas of the job that he didn't, you know, and like he took it out on me and like, I could, I felt bad, you know, it's like, I can't stand that shit. If you're somebody out there who feels that way, it's you're, you're self projecting. It's I'm not, other people don't feel that way. It's just you, you know?
0: Right. Well, that doesn't matter, you know, in, in the long run, you know, just focus on your shit. And, and yeah, that's you, all you got to do. Vibe with people, you, you have to. And then if you, it really becomes a problem, you just pull them aside be like, I get like, we're not vibing. Here's my, I did.
1: I did. I actually, he, he, yeah. We'll have to get, you know what I'm going to have to tell everybody the story because, okay. So it got to the point where basically he, he was like, uh, so jealous that like, he would like verbally assault me at work. You know what I mean? And like make snide remarks, uh, about my Like he, he just, he, he was jealous. Somebody with jealousy, you know, likes to, uh, you know, with power too is just the worst. And at one time he mentioned something about my wife and that's when I lost it. And I flipped out, dude, like in his office and like told him that I'm tired of being Mr. Nice guy. And if you ever see anything like that about my wife, like I'm done with this fucking job and you're going to have to do all the workload, you know, like stop treating me like a piece of shit, dude. I'm not here for your job. I'm just trying to get my own piece. You know what I mean? And like, it got heated. You know, and it didn't have to be that way. But a lot of times I think if you allow people to walk all over you and not say something, it becomes worse inside internally. So well, yeah, I'm scared. Well, I'm hoping to like everybody is the moral of the story.
0: Jake, well, this, take this with a grain of salt, but you know what? You're a, you're a grown ass adult. I feel like you'll be able to handle yourself in any situation you get yourself into.
1: I hope so. I hope so. Um, I have to end this podcast just because it's my turn to uh, give my son a bath and do all the things. I'm glad we were able to get in here and do this early. So it's a little bit extra large for the listener out there. Uh, make sure you check out Rob Tate this summer, playing with many different bands Rob Tate Band, the Handbone Relay. And uh, you got some Funky T g- gigs too coming up?
0: Um, No, I, uh, Josh Steingard will be playing. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. My bad. My, no, 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 Funky T. Uh, John Gilbreth and friends. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, with John, will be doing some stuff. And uh, uh, Hambone Relay is doing a two-week run in September. And I believe um, I'm going to be doing a few more things before the year is out. But 2022 is going to be especially busy. Uh, you know, nothing to announce. I'm just – I have high hopes. and Okay, uh, cool. And uh, I'm looking forward to expanding on this new project that, you know, you guys can come see on June 26th at Reading Distilling or July 2nd at um, – Land at Round Guys Brewing Company in Lansdale, I'll be outside.
1: I love it. I love it. Did I tell you I like your glasses too before we go?
0: Oh, thank you very much. These are my blue light glasses because I can't see anymore with these with like laptops.
1: I had, a pair, I had a pair of blue light glasses and I broke them. And you know what? I think after tonight's podcast, I may visit the old Amazon store.
0: I'll oh, do it. I got these ones. Oh, I got the box right here. Sorry, listener. Oh, set, send,
1: me, send me the link. I don't care.
0: Here, we'll give some free advertising. Mad eyes
1: mad eyes okay i'll check that out did you get that from their website Did you get it on uh, amazon look at that look at us shopping here at the end of the episode ladies and gentlemen anyway my (laughs) name my name's my name's bob and that's been rob the bob and rob show will continue uh check us out online spotify you know (laughs) doing a weekend (laughs) my name's bob and this has been another episode of bobcast
0: thank you for having me peace